Let us begin with the time of prayer. Dear Lord, at this holy time of the year, when we remember that first Christmas when your beloved son was took the form of a newborn babe, we pray that his love and peace may spread abroad into the hearts and minds of all people, the lost, the hurting, those far away from loved ones, and we especially pray for those searching for peace with God, with others, and for the peace of God within. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit grant peace in the hearts of all who are searching for answers this Christmas. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. What a joy it is to be here tonight with you in person. I have been one of the virtual congregation for the last few weeks, and I want to say a word of just enormous gratitude for those who are in the Ministry of Technology. You make it possible for people to come and worship and attend no matter where they are. And we have the option provided for all people to worship here on Christmas Eve. When I read that gospel from Luke, the second chapter, about the birth of Jesus, waves of just nostalgia and memories just flood, flood over me. Um, this Christmas Eve, the five o'clock service has been my favorite service for decades. Um, at Grace Church, where we served for 30 years, we had three services. I'm very grateful that we have one service here at St. John's. Uh, only the clergy among us would understand that depth of, of gratitude. Um, the five o'clock service, um, it was for me the time that families gathered. Uh, we often had pageants. I remember vesting uh, people of all ages. Um, as shepherds wearing bathrobes. Um, I remember several of Chuck's bathrobes being used for the, the larger, more mature shepherds. We learned early on that multi-generational pageants were the way to go. Um, one of the things that I remember about those pageants is they taught me um, something about the gift of leadership and delegating. And someday I'll tell you that story, but that's not a story uh, for tonight. As Chuck and I were driving down, we were recalling Christmas Eves, some of the wonderful things that happened on Christmas Eve, uh, some of the challenging things that happened on Christmas Eve. And we were counting and realizing that this is Chuck's fifth Christmas Eve service to be with you here at St. John's. I don't know how those years have flown by. This is only my fourth, which in St. John's time is a really, really long time because so many people come and go. Angels, shepherds, Christmas pageants. I was feeling very nostalgic 
And then I was remembering where we were one year ago. Uh, we had our own virtual. Um, um, it was an original Christmas play. I was instructed that it was not a pageant. It was an original Christmas play. And we were spread out all over the state and the country. Uh, we had live donkeys in West Cornwall, Connecticut, along with Mary and Joseph. We had um, shepherds and, and angelic voices um, all over the rest of Connecticut. And it was an amazing virtual experience. Again, the gift of technology. So Christmas brings uh, so many memories. They flood back. Uh, memories of those who are no longer with us that we wish were here. Families spread apart, especially in this pandemic. Uh, the joy of families being able to gather together as I look out over the congregation. I see families that are gathering together and it's a beautiful, beautiful sight. And I know that tonight as we worship, there are eight members, family and friends from Atlanta, California, uh, Massachusetts and Connecticut who have joined us as part of the virtual congregation. So we're celebrating a family service, but in a very different way. That's the thing about Christmas. It's very bittersweet, and we hold feelings of both joy and gratitude and also loss. And I've learned, especially in this pandemic, 21 months now, that it is possible for us to hold both of those things at the same time as people. Gratitude for what God has done and is doing and memories and loss simultaneously. Christmas is a very emotional time of year. This morning, this evening, I read through the passages and I was reflecting um, on a Christmas letter that um, a dear and lovely person in my life sent. I've known this young woman for almost 30 years, and I've watched her grow from actually a very young student at um, Yale into just an amazing woman uh, married with a son. And she wrote in her Christmas letter, that sometimes it feels like we're in a stable and not an inn. And I lingered on that thought. I pondered that thought for a number of days. I read through the scriptures and there was a passage that just stood out in my mind. Um, and I gave myself uh, a sermon title, which I discovered at the very end. And the title is A Feeding Trough for a King. My dear friend is a gifted writer. She's waiting to get a book published. She's discovered that she has a gift for writing blogs. She is uh, an academician with a PhD. 
she could be teaching, yet God has called her to another task in her life, and her mission field is raising an autistic son, being the center uh, point of her family, and a supported wife and, and mother. So when she wrote in her Christmas letter, sometimes God gives us a stable instead of an inn, I thought about the fact that we all might feel that way at some time or other. For some of us, being in this pandemic for 21 months is a stable and not an inn. Unfulfilled dreams, unmet expectation, loss, the experience of limitations. And sometimes we know we're following God and we're doing what we're called to do, and yet it looks very different than we thought it was going to look. As I, as I read through the passage, two verses just jumped out at me. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. I spent a lot of time over the last couple of weeks reflecting on these passages. I didn't realize there was so much controversy about the actual birthplace of Jesus. I had no idea. Um, our picture of Jesus from the creche set here is a beautiful stable and uh, the manger as a carved cradle. Joseph was a carpenter. Perhaps he could have carved a cradle, but it turns out, in fact, that a manger is not a beautiful, carved, artistic piece of work. It is, in fact, a feeding trough carved out of stone uh, where probably uh, Mary lay hay and Jesus was wrapped in very simple claws. Some say that the place in which they were born uh, was a cave. Um, the Church of the Nativity is built on this supposed site um, in Bethlehem. Others say, no, they came to family members. There was no Holiday Inn in Bethlehem. And maybe they were turned away because maybe uh, Mary, because Mary was pregnant. They were not married. Or maybe the, the place was just filled with people and there was no room. Um, there really was not an inn. It means more of a, a guest residence. Some say that they might have been in a very humble environment, um, some kind of a lower-level room attached to a house where they brought the animals in at night. Animals are not mentioned in this passage. But whatever it actually looked like, our Lord was laid in a feeding trough. It was a less-than place. Humble. There's no guarantee that our life 
will be comfortable. And yet we look at Jesus, our Lord, and his first um, moments, his first hours on this earth. I thought a lot about what this might mean and the limitations that we experience. When I was recovering from knee surgery, which I technically still am, it was five weeks ago today that I uh, had my surgery, I felt a lot of limitation. And there were two things, two goals that I had other than just making it through, um, often times that were difficult. I wanted to be here in person to preach on Christmas Eve. And thanks be to God, here I am. And I wanted to be able to complete a grant for St. John's, which I had been working on for um, several months. And it took a lot of time to gather data, um, expenditures, and thanks be to God for our treasurer, Mike Glarup, who's here tonight, and our office administrator, Ann, and uh, helping us collect all the information uh, that was needed. Um, but there was a moment after my surgery, about three weeks in, when I was trying to complete this grant, where I really hit the wall. And I said, you know, I just cannot do this without help. I had written the narrative. I had the data. It was all in there. But what was needed was pre and post photographs. Um, I had a pre-photograph of the kitchen as it was. This is a property improvement grant. No, uh, no promises we'll get it. We'll know in March. And I needed a post uh, photographs. And I reached out to um, one of our wardens, Michelle, and said, could you send me some photographs? And God bless Michelle. She sent me six photographs, and for some of you, this is just very easy to understand, in a JPEG format that was on the cloud somewhere. And I, I realized that in order to put those photographs into the jot form, which really took me a long time to figure out because I had to upload a lot of things, I needed to download the JPEG in, into a file. I needed to pick the ones I want, and then I needed to upload them onto JotForm. And I said, there are just too many steps. I can't do it. And I sent the files to Michelle, and she helped me. And in 20 minutes, we put the grant together. For me, that was a God moment of how we need one another, the gift of the incarnation. God is with us. One of the things that I've taken to do in the pandemic is reading novels at night. I love to do that. And I read a novel named Rare, called Rare Objects. Um, I love historical fiction. Uh, this is a young woman who is kind of coming of age uh, in Boston. And uh, she has a hard time of it, and began to work in an antique shop uh, and, and had a broken, shattered, treasured teacup that she carried with her. And someone told her that he could repair it 
and repaired it using what I came to learn later is a Japanese technique of gluing um, the pieces together um, and mixing glue with glitters of gold or silver. And it creates the most amazing artistic piece. I meet monthly with a clergy group. Um, enhancing the mental health of clergy is what it's called. And uh, there are only six of us who kind of zoom in uh, for this meeting. And it's just been amazing to talk with each other. And I was sharing this novel that I had written and said, I don't know anything about this, um, this technique of, of mending pottery. And one of the women clergy said, I know all about it. It's called Kinsukori. In fact, I have a blog and I wrote about it. And it is, and she, and she showed us a beautiful piece of this ceramic pottery with gold all the way through it. And she shared with us her blog of, uh, and the metaphor of Kinsukori, of taking broken pieces and putting them together with gold. And she likened this to the radiance of the Holy Spirit that infuses the broken places in our life. One of my goals for 2022 is to learn more about this. Fractured things, lost things. There's a beautiful anthem. Ring the bells that still can ring. Forget your perfect offering. There is a crack, a crack in everything. And that is how the light gets in. Tonight we celebrate the birth of Jesus and the incarnation. And for the young ones among us, I wanted to read a short uh, illustration of the incarnation. Long ago there ruled in Persia a wise and good king. He loved his people. He wanted to know how they lived. He wanted to know about their hardships. Often he dressed in the clothes of a working man or a beggar and went to the homes of the poor. No one whom he visited thought that he was their ruler. One time he visited a very poor man who lived in a cellar. He ate the coarse food the poor man ate. He spoke cheerful, kind words to him, and then he left. Later he visited the poor man again and disclosed his identity by saying, I am your king. The king thought the man would surely ask for some gift or favor, but he didn't. Instead, he said, you left your palace and your glory to visit me in this dark, dreary place. You ate the coarse food I ate. You brought gladness to my heart. To others, you have given your rich gifts. To me, you have given yourself. The King of Glory. 
the Lord Jesus Christ gave himself to you and to me. And that is what we celebrate tonight. If you were to look at that scene of Jesus, our Lord, born in such humility, nothing would seem special about it. And yet that was a night that changed the world. And as you celebrate with family and with friends in yet another Christmas, a very different Christmas perhaps than we might expect, perhaps a stable and not an inn, go to your homes this Christmas Eve and carry the gift of the real meaning of Christmas. God is with us. Amen.